Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 687 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined today by James Dean Raider. He's back. His shirt has no buttons today. Sometimes buttons, sometimes not. And we have a special guest, guest host today, joining us from Big Ten Network fame, track wrestling fame, and now Flow Sports fame, hair fame, Shane Sparks is here. This is the first guest that has ever asked what the dress code was for FRL. That's a first. So you're, you're making history, Shane. Good morning, guys. Glad to be here. I will say this. Slightly disappointed in JD's shirt compared to that one he was rocking yesterday with Chael. Do I take it as a slight? You guys, you guys are all hating on Phil personal. Fumi. Fumi, he's the man. No one, I, that yeah. one you had on yesterday with the, the hair looked great. Today you got the hat on. Of course, you always rock the stash. You still look good, but yesterday was yesterday was really good. Yeah, yeah. don't gas him up too much because sometimes <laughs> – well, the other day he, he came in here wearing a shirt covered in paint. I said, what, J.D., what is that shirt? He's like, softball shirt. I was like, no, it's not. It's just covered. You painted in this shirt. It's and called then, fashion. And then it, it was up. clean, and he wore it. Um, he somehow pulls it off. He looks like every bartender at Luster Pearl East, <laughs> and I think he's wearing a Luster Pearl. <laughs> it's a bar yes. here in Austin, Texas. Um, just think classic Austin bar. Okay. Well, plenty. It's it's a tough act to follow, Shane. I mean, it's, this is a basic suicide mission. I'm not. I'm not sure what you were thinking following Chael, but um, you know what? We're you're courageous. You're courageous. So thanks for coming well, on. Chael is phenomenal. I mean, he's one of a kind. He's one of those guys that you. Thank he's goodness. kind of in his own league. I mean, he's. I really don't compare myself to him. I mean, he's got the studio. I mean, here I am in a kitchen with, you know, some kind of artwork here. That's beautiful. <laughs> uh, Did you make that? It, it's going to be tough is that to hand painted. And, What's that? Did you paint that? I did not. I okay. did not. I think I, were, I don't know where where I got that, but uh, not sure. The other thing with the other thing with Shale is I'm I'm trying to become super passionate about a particular position, like he is in parterre defense, and I just I just I just don't have it. No, yeah. you got the you know standing from folk style because you love mat returns. Yeah, I do love mat returns. I do you know, love Matt you, I, you should like the take because it's it's one step closer to a stand-up, you know, when he, you get your yeah, heels set, he's, he's closer to a stand-up, which means you're one step closer to a nice Matt return. <laughs> when did you exactly. when did you develop such a passion for, for, for Matt returns, Shane? Because, I mean, listen, Chael has a very specific position he's passionate about. You are very specifically interested in people standing up and getting slammed down to the mat for zero points. <laughs> Well, but you got to look big picture. I mean, I love folk style wrestling. That's no secret. I love riding time. I mean, I love riding time. I love the battles within the battle. I love a 21 second restart. I love, I, I love that kind of stuff. And I've always compared Matt returns to third and one in a football game. I mean, when you're playing football, it's time of possession, move the sticks, wear down an opposing defense. That's what mad returns are, and they're not easy. Mad returns also remind me, I always have these analogies in different sports. It's like a bunt in baseball, and Andy Hamilton always teases me about how I like bunts. And I'm not saying that, you know, you got a bunt all day, and that's how you win a World Series. That's not it. But there might, if you really want to win, if you really, I'll give you a real quick baseball story. You look at baseball, 162 games. It blows my mind that on the final day of the season, you'll have a handful of teams within two or three games 
That's it. That's it. Yeah. And everybody talks about how they want to win. Like, I want to win, you know, want to win a World Series. Okay, let me ask you this. You're the number three hitter on a team. You're the number three hitter on any team. But let's say it's a, a, a team that's going to be in the mix to win a World Series. The Orioles. I'm, <laughs> there you go. I might ask you to – I'm not going to ask you to bunt a lot. But what if I have to ask you to bunt three times a year? That's it. Three times a year. And bunting's not easy. So I would ask you this. Is it worth it to you to spend 10 minutes a day working on bunting when I might only ask you to do it three times, but it might be in a huge situation that helps us win a ball game, helps us win a playoff game. It's so important. And that's how I look. It's, it's little things. And Matt returns, much like bunting, I'm not saying it's easy. It's not easy. You got to work at it. It's hard. It's difficult. But you maintain possession. Build on your riding time, and I'm a big believer that you break guys on top. I mean, the crowd loves Matt returns. I just, I asked Joe Dubuque once. We were at the, at the uh, Olympic trials back in April, and I because sometimes I wonder, like, man, do I overemphasize some of these things? And I asked Joe Dubuque, I'm like, Joe, do I overemphasize these? He goes, you don't, you don't emphasize it enough. Oh, I mean, boy. these he's just gassing are, you up. He's like, I think Sparks could talk about Matt returns the entire match. <laughs> He's like, he needs so to get back. I mean, he needs to get a takedown so he can get a Matt return. I would, I would also say this. I would love to have someday. I would love to have Shane Sparks Matt return wrestling camps across the country. And the and and the guy that I would get, Isaac Jordan, Isaac Jordan from Wisconsin. Still, <laughs> you love Wisconsin. Him and Kyle Dake are the kings in my opinion. Yeah, maybe the best two guys I've ever seen. Matt Valenti was super good. Matt yes, Valenti. he was. Valenti was a hammer. Also. He was the first. He, I think he, Matt Valenti was the first guy where I remember specifically watching and thinking, "This guy is insanely good at Matt returns." Like everyone does them to some degree, but he he was the first guy who like really lifted guys and elevated them. And yeah, no, no doubt. Can I, mean, I counterpoint to your bunt analogy? Take 20 minutes to focus on hitting dingers and then just like hit a dinger. Much harder to do IMO than bunting. Yeah. Yeah, I but think, it's, it, it's still think... an aspect of the game. It's, it's still an aspect of the game. When you want to win, when you truly want to win, you got to do everything. Like, and that's why it makes me like laugh all the time. And, oh, I want to win four national titles or I want to do this. Like, win one. Like, it's, it's hard to win matches. That's another little bit of a rant. But it's, you look at college wrestling, it's so hard to win a match. Where it, and I know you got to dream big and have big goals, but if, if it was me personally, I'm just going to I'm gonna mind my own business. I'm going to win one match at a time. I'm going to have my goals in my head, but probably not going to advertise. Like, I'm going to come out of high school, and I want to win four national titles. Like, just save it. I mean, that stuff is like, I just cringe when I hear kids say that stuff. It's like, you Shane, have no clue how tough it is to win one. Shane, wants, Shane just has his sights that's on one national title. I love it. Very humble. The next, I, I will say this. I mean, I'm a cliche guy, too. There's some great oh, yeah. cliches. <laughs> The best cliche in college wrestling, and I'm going to give Iowa the credit on this one. I'm not sure if they originated it or not, but it's so true. You know, most important match, anytime you talk to anybody at Iowa, it's always the same. It's the next one. And and I just, I 100% believe in that philosophy. I mean, it's got to be the next thing. Yeah. I don't think it, I just don't think it's true. It's like I mean, it's a th it's a neat thing to say to shut down any conversation about anything in the, you know. But like, 
It's not true. Yeah. <laughs> it's not you know, what, what are you thing. talking about? Well, it's like, I mean, they, they, the training isn't prioritized like that. This is not even about Iowa. It's just like, no, it's not. the most important thing is, everyone knows what the most important thing is. That's why you see many teams, I'm not lumping any team in it, but like, they strategically sit guys around things because this, this actually doesn't matter because what really matters is, I, I feel like, I feel like they, it's a lip service thing. But the bottom line is all they care about is, is conferences and NCAAs, right? Which I think is a bad thing. I think we do need more yeah. of an emphasis on that. But I think it's like, well, do you, is that really what you think is the... Well, well let me ask you this, Christian. I, I agree with you. I would, I would alter mine by saying this. It, the, the, what's, what's, what's most important is like the next match, right? Mm-hmm. Because then you show up, maybe you go, maybe you don't. But whenever you do wrestle next, that is... I mean, that is the most important thing at that time. But I, I get what you're saying because, and I heard you and Shale talking about this yesterday, you guys, and I agree a hundred, a hundred percent that for college wrestling to really elevate. And I think, I think about these things from time to time where, I mean, the, the one that comes to mind for me more than any of them was Steber Ramos, you know, X oh, amount yeah. of years. I ago. remember that. Wrestle like Carver Hawkeye and everybody was ready to oh. roll. And, uh, and I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I'll never tell a soul. I, I get this stuff and I'm never going to say anything. Shane, we're live right now. Everyone, everyone just say, heard hey. that. <laughs> What's everyone, that? You said you're never going to tell a soul. We're actually live right now. Everyone, everyone just heard that. <laughs> no, but, but uh, I, I got all my friends. Hey, it's going to be great coming down. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm just like, yeah, it's going to be a great match. I know it's not going to happen. And that is, I almost wish that... You had to have a lineup in maybe the night before. And I know there's, yeah, it's, it's so hard to do that because circumstances change within the duel. I get all that, but it is disappointing when, when you think you're going to see something and you, you know, you, you maybe, you know, you're taking your time, your money, and, and all of a sudden you get there and it doesn't happen. Like that oh. is a, I mean, if, if wrestling was in a debate against other sports, like give us the, you know, give us the, you know, what takes a, you know, air out of a balloon more than anything else wrestling could compete because that that's all that's a bad i hate it when that happens it just, yeah. it's just such a downer it, it is and the programs don't do a good job of because th- there's there's an over um emphasis on secrecy and like not, not showing your car but it's like it doesn't actually help anything it, it doesn't actually help that you know because it's not like it's not like a high school duel where you have all these crazy lineup juggles. It's like you, you wrestle bump and whatnot. You can't bump. You're not. No one's bumping. There's, this isn't happening. It's people wrestle. And Brian Smith is basically the only coach that does any level of bumping. And that's when he had <laughs> Jaden Cox, and he could beat anyone basically anyway. So it's not even a factor. But they just like hide this thing, and they they put out the the most deceitful thing is they put out the probables, and then they don't change, they don't deviate, and then they do media around it, and they don't they don't you know it's just this big secret. And then everyone goes, I had a buddy that uh, from Ohio who went to that duel in Iowa and like, yep. what? There's no, they're not, re- he's not wrestling? Like that was, that was crazy. That it's was a- big news. And it's not, and you know, you can harp on that one. That was the first one I remember. That was the first time I was like, what is this? I'm, I know it happened many times before that and it's happened Lord knows many times since. But that was the first one where I was like, what? How can they? What a terrible thing. This is not good for wrestling. It's becoming a big problem in the NBA, too, um, because superstars are resting and sitting out, and fans are getting really mad about about it. But yeah. They aren't alerted that so-and-so yeah. is sitting out, and they bought tickets. 
Yeah. And, well, and, that's, I mean, and that's part of the bigger issue. And I don't know how you solve for these things. It is what it is. I hate to be that blase about it, but you got to have a consequence for losing. Yeah. You got to have a consequence. I don't know what it is, but how many sports? I mean, let's be honest. Again, and, and I, I just, it always, it just doesn't sit well with me when it's like, yeah, we, you know, we'll lose this duel. And like, I don't want to say who cares, but the ramifications might be very slim, if any. Like, it's like yeah. yeah, whatever. Yeah, that that isn't often, uh, for as competitive as wrestlers and wrestler coaches are, the the way they kind of throw their hands up when they approach dual meets and certain things, it's like, well, whatever. As long as we're just trying to get the team ready for, for conferences and know. NCAAs. It's real. It's tough to grow a sport that's that's limited to two events, right? That where the coaches yeah. are the coaches are openly advertising. Yeah, yeah. Please come. Please give us your money and watch this. But we're not really. This isn't the one that we're really worried about. We're we're kind of conferences and NCAA's and even conferences. It's like, well, we'll you know we'll we'll put a guy on the mat for to take two uh, injury defaults, and then we'll well then we'll, then he'll be ready for the really important one. That's that's just that's that's a that makes wrestling really tough. I think in general there's enough like marquee matchups and and matches that that really do deliver. And I don't mean to pretend that those aren't happening. I mean Shane, you know better than anyone. You've been at a, a lot of those, but I I do think the coaches there there is a little bit of a uh, disservice done when they tell their fans this does this doesn't actually matter. It well, there's one way to solve it. Make the Team, national title, dual title, and you know you get seated like by your duels leading up to it. Yeah, but it's the same thing with same thing with they won't care until that thing happens. Uh, Unless get, you're a bubble of some bubble fringe team that maybe and you know we're talking about a fake event, but like I mean, who's gonna they're gonna gear up for that event? But in the lead up, I don't think that changes. You don't think if it's based on how you do in duels seating? Hmm. I'd, I mean, no, probably not. Not too much. It's my opinion. I mean, a du- dual seating. I don't. I don't see that impacting the the thing. Maybe it would. I don't know if it's. A, I just. I would love to see a, a an actual dual national championship. I've, I've how great come, would that be? It'd be how, great. How great would that be if you had both? I mean, I just. I think that would be so awesome having a dual meet national tournament that everybody got behind and it meant something. Because, and I would, I would say this too, like wrestling is, is such an individual sport. I don't think anybody's going to argue that, but you know what, as, as much as it appears to be individual, it's a real team sport too. I mean, you're with your guys. Those are, I mean, to, to share in a national title with your teammates in a dual meet format, I, I think that would just be such a cool deal. And I, I really hope that happens sooner than later. You can't I think, do I think, both though. You, no, why? Why no, not? Be, it, you won't get everyone buying in if the if there is still a team title attached to the individual tournament, because to be honest, the individual tournament is a much better way to find out who the best team is, because there's less chance that there is an upset or that a lower team wins. I think that it but is that's a better. What people love about that stuff. Yeah. That, that's why people love that stuff because the underdogs got a chance. And I would so do you, you the duel. That, a duel, you are much more likely to have like an upset or something. But when you roll out a Penn State, like they're not gonna lose. Like 
you know, they could lose two matches in a duel that they shouldn't win, and they're going to get upset. They're not going to lose so many matches that when they're like a huge favorite, they're going to lose in team championship on an individual format. Yeah, the, the reason people like duels is there is there is a, uh, an element of un, unpredictability, whereas you know a, a fluke pin is a, is a nine point swing or something like that. Yeah. That that is an advantage, but it has to be acknowledged that. that the reason we like that is because it's less predictable because the best team doesn't always win, right? Whereas NCAA's win is the best team not won. Like it just it's 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 the better um, evaluation of the team. But I I don't think the two have to be mutually exclusive. I mean, we have tournaments, we have dual tournaments, we have uh, this kind of thing. It's it's a matter of when do you do it before? Do you do it at the end of the season? The end of the season? I wonder how many teams are gonna after they hit that three day and they do the NCAA tournament, are they really going to a week later, two weeks later, get up for a, then another grind of a, of a dual tournament? That's what, that's what I think is one of the big complications of like, when, yeah. when do you yeah, do I'm it? Not, I'm not saying it's easy, but if I had a magic wand in, in wrestling, that might be number one for me, having a dual meet championship and an individual national tournament. Just again, Christian, you talk about it before. it's hard to have a sport get a lot of growth when it's a handful of days that are quote unquote important in a calendar year. Like, I mean, come on. I mean, that's why, I mean, college football last year and and it'll, it'll continue in college football. Every week was huge. Like every single week was relevant. And that is gosh for fans. It's awesome. Do it it like a, like a playoff, like have a bracket with the top eight or 16 teams Two duels a week or one duel a week or something like that, narrow it down to one. Yeah. All right. We're we're talking we're you can tell Shane is here because we are talking a lot of folk style. Look, and I'm not even folk style, style. Christian. I'm I know it's your favorite style, style also. Yeah, oh yeah. I love folk style. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Freestyle's great. I mean, I like freestyle a lot more than you, Shane. I or at least the style. I'm not saying I'm a bigger fan of it, but you know, you're you're a big you're kind of a freestyle hater. I like freestyle, but I love folk style. I mean, I just love because it's they're different, right? I mean, different styles. I think most would say with folk style, it's more of the, you know, conditioning, grits. I don't want to say toughness. I wouldn't necessarily, you know, I don't think that's necessarily fair, but I just, I like aspects. I like mat wrestling. I mean, that's really it kind of sums it up right there. I like yeah. mat wrestling a lot. So that, the that's only why guy I've ever I heard say. Style. That they love writing time. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I always Which, have. I, I just, I, I like it. It's, like I said before, it's just those battles within the battle. You know, I mean, there's, I mean, there's nothing. You know, folk style match. Twenty seconds left. Takedown. Ride out. Like man, I just, I love it. You know, you got a two nothing lead. Finish the period on top. I love all that stuff. It's just tougher. I mean, I like, it's just a different style. I think. I like the idea and principle of you take a person down that they should have to be forced to get up. But in my opinion, freestyle just creates such a better product. Also, if you take a person down and then write them out for a minute and a half, or whatever, we still allow them to stand back up. So that's kind of dumb in my opinion. What do you mean? They should start the period. If the period ends with them on top, they should start with a period. I like I'm just saying, maybe get, a, get, get rid of periods. Get rid of periods, just a seven minute. Well, just because what I like about like the idea of folk style is that if you get on top of somebody, you should have to they should have to get out from under the bottom. But we go, eh, now there's a break. Well, they mostly do. 
Where's a, unless there's a break and then they get choice and then they go, I don't want to go back underneath. Yeah, but that 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 comes with a that's all part of the Strategy. whole thing. That's like, man, awesome. you got now you got to go neutral and you don't get the escape point and your opponent's yes. going to get away. That's yes. Shane, like, you love yeah. you love Matt wrestling. You should be all about no periods cuz you should be, hey, Guy takes it down in the no. first 15 no, seconds. Because and I, you no, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see him. I mean, I don't want to. Don't let him out. I, don't need to see, I, I like having, like Christian said, I love the strategy. I mean, I, I think I think the strategy also in folk style matches is, I, I just think there's more, more of it. I definitely agree with that. There's just yeah. like, you know, down, you just think about like the Borschel Heinrich comeback and like oh, how he had to like yeah. all the, you gotta, you gotta get the ride out here, take down right out, getting a stall point, get a riding time point. Like that stuff is just like, there, there's just, it, for me, it's like, why not both? Right. That I think they're both great. I really enjoy them both. I think freestyle, the reason freestyle has grown, I think in the, in so much in the community's eyes is because the product has improved so much from the ball draw era which oh, was yeah. just literally the dark ages to now. That was horrible. Yeah, it was really bad. So now we're, we have a lot more exciting matches and shootouts. And, and, you know, there's a lot, there's not quite as many ways to win as there are in folk style. But I think the overall product it is extremely, extremely exciting. But I, I like the, it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like freestyle. And I like one thing I love about freestyle is eight point match. <clears throat> you're not safe. Like no. you're up by eight points. You are a position away from losing. You know, you can be up eight and you're a position away from being down 10. I mean, that, that is fun. I like that. Somebody is always trailing. I like that. I mean, I love, I mean, I, I like guys wrestling neutral. So, I mean, I, I, there are aspects of freestyle that I love. I mean, I watch it all. I just, I just prefer folks that a little bit better, but I, I mean, heck a combination of them. I mean, you know, pre, a lot, a lot of things to like. Heck yeah. Heck hey, yeah. Joshua, um, there's a guy in the Facebook chat that has a question for you, Shane. Would you be up for Ben had an idea called instant death with writing time where if you get I forget how much writing it time was like it was like three it was like three or three and a half minutes of riding yes, time. Yes, that you just win. It's like a tech fall. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I would say no. Just because I don't <laughs> think you need more rules. You know, I will say this on riding time. If I can have a riding time rule, it's high school. And it would be very simple. If you ride a guy for a period, you get a point. That way, that way you don't have, you know, people that's like, oh, you got to find people that run the clock. We know how difficult this is. No, keep it simple. You ride a kid for two minutes, you get a point. Like that'd be, over the- that'd be my only riding time recommendation at, at any level. Two minutes, like you start on top period on top you finish on top or like you take them down ride them for a minute and then you get an extra minute later on is that what you mean no no it, yeah it would be to keep it simple i think you'd have to just go one period okay mm-hmm. what about the uh um you won't like this but i'll bring it up you don't get the riding time unless you turn i don't mind that chris okay. i'm a reasonable man i'm no, a reasonable man let it not be said i that I, I would not kick and kick and scream if that was the case, because okay. I, I I also guys, as much as I like riding time, it's like anything else. Do I want to see somebody that's that's just riding parallel, not doing anything? I, I don't I don't like I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, that's fantastic. I'm not going to go that far. Uh, so, I mean, that would be interesting. I mean, when you get on top turn, guys, you know, get on top turn, guys. So, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd be open to that. 
You hear that, Spencer Lee? No more just no more just riding yeah. to ride. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Start turning some people. <laughs> enough's enough's enough. Um, okay. Um, what what are we we've we've been talking a ton of of freestyle, but I wanted to get your your thoughts on. I'm sure you watch the Olympics closely. Um, just your overall takeaways from from our performance, and then kind of from there, thinking about World Team Trials and and, and Worlds in October. Gosh, I mean, it was just such a great Olympics. And I, I, yeah. I think, you know, you got the phenomenal performance and then the fact that we didn't have a world championships last year. I mean, gosh, I, I was so impressed with Gilman. Obviously, I'm a huge Gable Stevenson fan, the way he got that done in, in the most dramatic of fashions to win. Taylor against Yazdani was epic. Yeah. You know, Date comes back and, and beats Chimizo to get a bronze medal. It, it was just then, then on the women's side, I mean, I mean, how can you not love Samira Mensa stock and what she's done? And Helen was fantastic. And Adeline Gray does what she does. You know, gets that. Uh, I just loved what, what she did, uh, you know, as, as much as anything, just the way she represents the sport. I mean, when you look at USA wrestling, Jordan, you know, I'm just naming a few, but I mean, Jordan Burroughs was really that first guy, mm-hmm. in, you know, when, when, when wrestling was down in this country. They, they not only get Jordan Burroughs from a wrestling standpoint, but how charismatic he is. I mean, he's an easy guy to root for. Yeah. And now you got, I mean, Tamira Mensa stock is that, I, I believe that person in women's freestyle. Kyle Snyder's about as good as it gets. Jaden Cox, great guy. Steveson's got so much charisma. I mean, you talk about like marketing golden nuggets, wrestling, wrestling in this country has them. So I, I just yeah. thought it was awesome. It, it was Unbelievable. Unbelievable is an overused word, but it, that was that was incredible. I mean, it, it really is, and I probably say it a lot too, but I cannot believe we got nine medals. And I can't believe yeah, five for five do. on men's freeze. I mean, w- women, the most they've ever had was two in an Olympics, and they got four. And yeah. for us to get five out of six, we're all five for five, really. And we know we would have been close at 65, although it would have been a tough haul for us, even if we didn't qualify. It just just an amazing, amazing run, and it's like kind of a best case scenario. Kind, of, I mean, yeah, Dake I guess could have won. Obviously, Gilman was right there to win. But listen, it, based on the last year we saw from Gilman, if you said Olympic bronze, write it down. You t- take it, take it, right? Because it's just sure. that just didn't seem like the the thing, and now. He's got all this momentum, and we're going to see what he can do headed into um, into Oslo. And yeah, Oslo. Russia's not going to want to see him with Gilman, though. And this, to me, I was you know trying to wrap my head around this some more too. I used to do a sports talk show in Green Bay for the you know with the with Packers and stuff, and I get on there. This is back in the early two thousands. I'm in my you know mid twenties. And I'd get on on Monday mornings, and it was like the Packers would lose a tough one, and I'd be on there. This needs to happen. You know, had all the answers. Yeah. Like, this needs to happen. Blah, 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 blah. And now if I did that, I don't think I'd be very entertaining because I would simply say this. At these levels, it is so hard to win. I mean, more than anything else in the last 20 years being around high-level sports, what have I taken away more than anything else? How tough it is to win. Think about this with Gilman. And, and you're right, Christian. All this momentum he's got because of the phenomenal run he came back to get that bronze medal. He is literally seconds, a couple of seconds from, from beating 
Ugoev in that in the rush in that first round. Mm-hmm. He loses. Then Ugoev hits the was that an inside, inside trip, trip with a couple yeah. seconds left? If he loses that match, Gilman's out. Gilman's out. And then all of it, it's just like, oh, Gilman was so close, but he's out. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's literally seconds decided. We're, we're talking about how great of a run it was, and rightfully so. But he was seconds away from being like, yeah, Gilman, you know, lost his first round. He's done. It just that Gilman's Olympics, as much as anything in wrestling, and obviously it's it's most recent, you talk about, I mean, he, he could have been could have been an Olympic champion, mm-hmm. and at the same time, he's one second away from having one match and being done. Like yeah. it just goes to show you how hard it is. Like, gosh, it's incredibly difficult. So I agree with you. Like so many things, and you got to go out and get it done. There's a lot of people that have things that look good. They get some breaks. They don't capitalize. And you know, when you get a break, you got to capitalize. And, and the United States did that. And I think there's a lot to be said too. Listening to Chael yesterday, I, I, he must have said the word honor. He said the word honor, honorable mm-hmm. a handful of times. And I love that word. I love that word because when you, I mean, you got a guy like Kyle Dake, Gilman, anybody, they want to, they, they train their whole life for this. And they to, to get knocked down and then have to find a way somehow to get the next best thing. That all sounds great, but that has got to be extremely difficult. That takes some guts. And I just, I just really appreciate it's like the NCAA tournament. Guy loses in the first round, he takes third. Like that takes some guts to do something like that. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, in in the same vein, look how I mean, you want to talk about the the margins. You know how close we were from DMP at 57, DMP at 74. Chimizo was right there to win that match. Yeah. We are so yes. uh, think how close we are to a silver at 86. We're 15 seconds from a silver at 86 and saying, man, David Taylor, he couldn't get it done at the big one against this guy. He beat him twice, but in the Olympics, he couldn't get it done. And then we are, we are a miracle <laughs> from having a silver. So we're looking at, we're looking at potentially two gut wrenching silvers and nothing else. And, um, yeah. wait, I'm and Kyle, Kyle be in the finals. You know, and then we'd be like, ah, three completely different conversation. Completely different conversation. It's just like an we're an inside trip, and you know, uh, this Chimizo just starting it a little too late. From and now it's the greatest ever, right? Yeah, it's that it's close, and it's literally from a you know from like a performance standpoint, it's pretty much the same performance, right? It's just a yes. couple positions that change everything. Yeah, yeah, great point, it's, and that's what. Yeah, and that's why you cannot um, when when things like that happen, and, and and you can't overreact to hey, how well prepared were we? How did they do this? Did they do that? Was this guy? Was this wrestler over? Whatever. Like it's like no, guys. Just the margins are just insane at this level. It's insane, and I don't I I don't think it was like we got a lot of breaks. I don't think it was 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 luck at all um for for us our guys getting pulled through but i I think one thing that chael was talking about that i really felt is is the pride that our americans really compete with across the board i think there there is something about the and you know i'm so biased and i've said it before but there is something about how we compete and, and the way we put it on the line and how we, the never say die attitude, 
Down, th- down three, 13 seconds to go. Do you know how many foreigners are just packing it in? I'm sorry. It's just true. I watched it all Olympics long. You got, ah, they'll try something, throw themselves at their back. I mean, you yeah. just don't see it. David Taylor, he didn't try a Hail Mary. He didn't try something crazy, you know, and, and he made it happen, got it done. And just like that constant persistence, 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 and breaking through, I just, it feels very American to me. And um, I, I, I loved it. I loved how they did it. Yeah, love their guts. And, uh, and I think if, you're a, if a young wrestler in this country, I mean, when people talk about time on the clock, time to score, anything can happen. I mean, we talk about these things often. They're accurate. Yes. When there's time on the clock, it's the most accurate cliche there is. It's not over until it's over. It's, yeah. I mean, I don't care what sporting event it is. I mean, it just, in, until it's over, it's, it's no time to take the foot off the gas. I mean, you got to go through the finish line. And, and what a great example of just, just so much pride in the way they competed across yeah. the board. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, and and the, the other thing about that, you want to talk about like the, the marketability of, of the athletes. But when I think about, when I think about wrestling, you know, on the mainstream side, yeah, th- we do have that. But I just want, I want parents to see these athletes and be like, oh, I want my kid around that. This is what they're looking up to. Because I don't think you get that in all these other sports. I don't, I don't feel like that. It's like, oh man, watch football, Caleb. I really want you to watch football and look how these guys uh, carry themselves. It's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> but like in wrestling, that's what, that's what I think at a more consistent, a higher level, this is like, this is how you want to live your life, represent yourself. This is how you train. This is like a com- comprehensive lifestyle. So I think from that standpoint as well, what a better advertisement for getting kids into the sport than, than our Olympic level athletes. Yeah, be hard to argue that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, why don't we? T- a bit of news. Just want to pass this along. Joey Cruz out of California to Oklahoma, going to be a Sooner. That news came out yesterday, I think, or this morning. Late last night. Late last night. Yeah, depends I saw that. where you were. So uh, that's that's a good get for for Coach Roselli and staff. Looking forward to seeing what he can do at the next level. Um, now. Shane, do you have some news? Are you going to be announcing for ESPN? Is this happening? Football? I'm going to be doing a football game. Okay. I'm going to be doing just. I'm just going to be doing some reporting for football in week one. I don't know if I'll do any. I'm not sure. I mean, that's all I know of. But uh, the interesting part with that is, of all places, I'm going to Oklahoma State. So it's like, oh wow, it's just kind of funny. Yeah, it's just kind of funny that you can't get the wrestling out of me. So yeah, I'm looking forward. You know, really looking forward to that. Should be uh, should be a lot of fun. Anytime I can do, uh, you know, broadcasting, uh, get fired up about that. Yeah, I mean, are you gonna are you gonna watch a lot of like Sergio Dip footage and like learn how he mastered the sideline report and like just emulate that? Yeah, I mean, that's it's such a hard job. I mean, you guys you guys are involved in these things. It's to to me, it's almost backwards because when I started at Big Ten as well, got in as a reporter. Mm-hmm. And I think play-by-play is way easier than reporting. I think doing interviews, doing reporting, because you can you can do all the right preparation. You can do everything right. Ask the right questions, and it, it doesn't necessarily show itself the best. 
Play-by-play is a preparation game. You prepare, you yeah. react. I mean, it's it's not overly complicated. But when it comes to, I mean, when it comes to interviews, you guys know how this stuff is. You're dealing with different personalities. You ask a guy a question he doesn't like, maybe, you know, and, you know, kind of calls you out on it. It's just such a, it, I think it's extremely difficult. I mean, I, I think interviewing is, is an absolute art and uh, it's hard. Well, but you're an, art- it's, you're it's an artist, Shane. It's, like the, it's the path. What's that? You're an artist, Shane. I got a long way to go. I got you, a long, it, it's, it's, it's hard. And I, so, I haven't done a whole lot of it lately. So, and, and doing football, I mean, wrestling, I at least have a, a pretty good idea. I'm not a, I'm not an expert in college football by any stretch. Okay. So well, ESPN's not we'll listening to this. Out. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, you know, they're not going to hear, but um, I'm sure you do a good job. No, I would say um, I agree with you about play by play. But I, I would say the kind of interviewing you do is the last thing I would ever want to do. That is just so – it's like really tight, two questions. They always are trying to go not with sure. – they're trying to go, get away from you. I watched, <laughs> I watched this NBA stuff. I was like um, – I, I, I honestly, when they do that stuff in the NBA, I just like – I can't even watch these it's coaches. Cringe. It's all, oh, it's so bad. Because and they don't like, want, they don't want any part of it. I mean, none. they, those NBA coaches, I mean, Greg Popovich, especially, you know, well noted, he hates it. Yeah. And, and another thing when it comes to interviewing too, I, I was having this conversation with somebody last night. So you know, let's say it's football game and it's whatever, the, let's say it's 40, nothing, whatever. Like, what, what, what are you going to ask the guy? I'd rather ask the guy, this is just me. Like, Hey, what was the most interesting thing you did with your family this summer? Mm. Like, like that's interesting to me more, more so than, you know, the, the classic, you know, what, what aspect you got to improve on. It's like, they're not going to tell you anything, right? I mean, when's the last time you watched any sporting events and, and one of the reporters, you know, gave you something that was really good. So that's, that's kind of the challenge I put on myself. I mean, that's my job. So you got to kind of find it, but I think I think sometimes from an interview style, like go out of left field, like come out, come come out of left field with something that's far more interesting than maybe what's going on in the field. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I would agree. That's it's a very tough aspect. Uh, much harder. I think those kind of interviews are much tougher than like a sit down interview, even though I've never done sure. it. Um, I I I watch and I'm like, this is that's really hard. Well, especially, uh, I mean, in wrestling, when they, and I don't, you know, I don't make these decisions, but I'm not a big fan of getting guys right off a mat. Yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, they're exhausted. I mean, these guys are exhausted. I mean, they, they can barely talk, you know? So, and then the other thing too is, and I learned this in Fargo very early. Fargo, the kids would come off, they'd win a title. And you have a couple minutes with, with somebody it's amazing the rapport you can build with somebody in a minute. Mm-hmm. If I can get one minute with somebody, it, it's crazy because you get a little rapport and then you might find something else out too. I mean, he might come off the mat and like, just, just give you some random thing about one of his parents or a teammate. And it's like, Oh, really? Okay. Tell me. And then you have something. It's like, Oh, great. We're good now. But when you get somebody off a mat, that's exhausted. And then there's that fine line of they're super tired so you, you want to ask, you know, you want to ask a quote unquote good question. Well, don't make it too hard because they're exhausted. It's just, 
Yeah, I, I, I like having some time. I think it's the, the way to go. I've never, that's just my, my opinion, but it sounds like you're saying, out, I guess. It sounds like you're saying these interviews are actually harder than wrestling itself, Shane. <laughs> it's who's to doing say? The interviews are hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are when you, you get a good one, it's great. But <laughs> what was That's that? Why, JD said, "Are you are you the real athlete? You should you should ask him next time." It's like who's what's harder, wrestling or this? I'll bet most of them would tell you that doing the interviews is harder because it's just outside their comfort zone. Hey, um, I don't. I don't even know if I want to spoil the surprise, but Shane won't be on on the next show. But uh, Tyler, our producer, has ordered cold spray. What do you think about that? We're gonna have cold spray on the set for any of those <laughs> nagging injuries. We're gonna get those taken care of. That's right. So, um, what are your thoughts when you see the the cold spray pulled out? What do you think? You wish you had that in your I, career. I've never, I've never experienced the cold spray. I mean, I've done biofreeze. I don't know if that's in the same family. But uh, yeah, I mean that the cold spray it solves it solves solves everything, right? If it doesn't come in an aerosol can, I don't think it's the same thing. <laughs> All right, that cold spray so, that'll so be look, that's coming out tomorrow. Well, no show tomorrow. Um, I'm actually traveling back to Virginia because my little brother and his wife had a little baby while I was in Tokyo, so we're gonna go uh, check her out, see what she's all oh, about. Congratulations! Thank you. Thank That's you. awesome. What yeah. uh, is this? What uh, first one? Second one? First one for them. Yeah, it's the first. Oh, wow. uh, what, what did they have? A girl, little girl. Oh, awesome. Yes. Well, that'll be fun. Oh yeah, yeah. So fired up for that. We're headed headed out tomorrow morning. So no show tomorrow. Um, all right, we, we've been talking a lot of NCA. Let's keep it moving. What NCA weight class are you most looking forward to this season? I would say. From a from a one match standpoint, if I could see one match, and I again I, I have no clue if this would ever happen. If I could see one match, it's Spencer Lee and Nick Soriano. Heck if yeah. I could see one match, that that to me, the buildup of that all season yep. would be just awesome. But from a weight class standpoint, one ninety seven. I mean, yeah. that, that's the one that comes to mind. Like, I mean, if, if you have Ferrari. Amos, if Amin comes back, um, um, Elam, Elam from I was just going to say Elam from Missouri, okay. Warner from Iowa, <clears throat> Schultz from Nebraska, like one ninety seven, and I'm I'm missing some guys, I'm sure. Bonacorsi coming back. One ninety seven is is stacked. Bonacorsi, what was that? Bonacorsi, I'm more, won't he be okay. back? He might be back. Um, I think he is back. He was in the final. Well, they all could be yeah. back, certainly. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm really excited about that one. Uh, 197 will be freaking fantastic. We talked about that at length yesterday. Um, I think 65 is going to be amazing if Griffith stays it down, is. which sounds like is a possibility. You've got him. You've got Bull. You've got Makai Lewis is back. Um, it's going to be a freaking Evan Wick. Yeah, 65 is a meat grinder, too. They're all, I mean, they're all, you know, you want to win a national title, you have to beat some horses at any weight class. No, no, yeah. nothing easy. Yes, no doubt about it. Um, what are, what's your gonna, what are you gonna be doing this year for, for college wrestling? Are you be on the, the Big Ten scene? Do you, are you getting any insight on uh, some of the schedules? I, I, you know what? I haven't really dug in yet. I, I really haven't dug in yet, but um, I did, I'll just be doing play by play. Uh, that, that'll be the same thing, but, um, yeah, I mean, normally, normally 
I, I don't get my schedule. I mean, the last couple of years have been, you know, different, but um, I, I've not heard. I mean, I, I, I think I've seen some of these wrestling schedules uh, coming up around the country, not many, but uh, I haven't really dove in. How about you guys? No, I don't know. I haven't seen many schedules uh, ourselves. We, we're, we're hoping you'd be our inside source. Yeah, specific events and duels have been announced, but I haven't seen a full schedule yet. Okay, okay. What do you think about this team race? Uh, can anyone catch Iowa? Yeah, of course. There it is. Of course, because, because again, like we talked about before, when you want to win, when you want to be at the top, so many things have to go right. Like so many things have to go right. One little thing goes wrong, not to mention the physicality of division one wrestling. Like you can be, I mean, the example that comes to mind is Jason Nolf Rutgers end of January one year. He, he mm. ultimately, you know, got it together, but you know, was, was okay. But I think the injury factor in college wrestling, it just, it can turn things on a dime. I mean, when, when, Right. I mean, they're just you can't it's going, it's going to be hard to win a national title without 10 horses. Right. Or, or, or losing one of your horses. So when, when I look at Iowa, obviously, they have everybody back, they won it last year. Uh, Penn State had that magical Saturday night, but Iowa still won the team title. I mean, yeah. so I mean, where is Penn State going to make up the points? I'm not sure. But I, I've been I, anything can happen. Anything. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to argue. I, I think I was probably the slight favorite on paper, but who cares about that? The season progresses. We've seen it with, you know, just Penn State. They get noticeably better as the year progresses. And anybody that would ever count out Penn State, I, I will never count them out. Uh, I mean, those, I mean, I think it's a th- those two teams. You know, I, I figure one of those will win, but you just don't know. You just yeah. don't know. If Not wanna... to mention now you got COVID stuff into the equation. I don't know how what kind of impact that's going to have. Oh, hopefully none. These teams are all under attack. I mean, they're all under attack from all kinds of different things. People got to at the end of the day, you got to go out and get the job done, and that's what makes it great. Well, the the team race could down, come down to Caspioli versus Kirklovich, as Chael uh, <laughs> <laughs> would say. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, uh, Kirkfleet is someone that could be, if you're looking sure. at Penn State, all right, this is a guy, if Gable doesn't come back, which I think he is coming back. I've said that okay. since April. I think he's coming back uh, to wrestle for Minnesota. So if he's entered, well, okay, forget it. He's not. He's not winning, but... You know, he beat Mason Paris in freestyle. I think Mason Paris would be my pick to win NCAAs if Gable doesn't come back. But he'll be he'd be in the mix there potentially. Um, you know, they've we kind of haven't talked about the fact that they have Max Dean now, and wherever yeah. he ends up, I think he's going to be their ninety-seven. I think he, he that's an he's going to be an upgrade to Beard. Obviously, I, he I will love be a, Beard I'll though. Be, I love Beard a lot. Thank I you. I really, really like him. I I uh. I had to yell at Bracky and I had to scream at Ben routinely because he is a he would act like Beard was like some fringe NCAA qualifier guy all year long, and then even after he placed, he barely would give him any credit. Like Michael Beard is legit, but he's legit. My point is, if we see Max Dean, that means he beat out Michael Beard, and if he beat out Michael Beard, you are an upgrade. So there's a good chance that they're going to be improved there. What I'm curious, what I think the biggest question for Penn State. One, 
Um, you know, what? this isn't the biggest question, but what do they do at 25 if Robbie's not uh, wrestling? Because, yep. you know, he could be getting surgery or redshirting or, or whatever. Uh, but the 41-49-57 situation, where do, how do they use Bo Bartlett? Do they use Bo Bartlett? Does he redshirt? Um, does Shane Van Ness enter the equation? Does Nick Lee go up so Bo can go 41? Or Shane can go 41? What are the, Does Joe Lee cut down to 57 now that Alex Facundo's there? Like that kind of range there is is fascinating to me. And, you know, do they have enough to make up for the fact that Iowa's going to have literal a literal All-American or NCAA champion contender at every weight? Literally every weight? Um, I don't know. Yeah. And, I mean, we know at Penn State they, they figure it out. Um, and, and that's like I said before, Iowa, you know, Iowa's in really good shape, you know, provided they stay healthy. But I mean, Penn State, I mean, it's, I will never count out Penn State. Just, just can't do it. And I, just because they just, they just get better. They, they just keep getting better. And uh, I mean, what they did, what they did at the national tournament, getting those four champs again, I was just like, that is it's just what they do. <laughs> yeah, that was um, freaking magical for sure. That was very I- impressive, and for them to re- reverse some outcomes from Big Tens was uh, was impressive. Yeah, well. against you know against Ironman and Kemmer, which I mean those guys are unbelievable. So yeah. to reverse both those, just the way they you know we talked about strategy before, you know, in folk style wrestling, and I mean it applies in all styles, but just the adjustments they make and. It's uh, they, I mean, they, they know how to coach wrestling over there. And then, then you look at what the Nittany Lion wrestling club did at the Olympics. Uh, Somebody told me, and you guys maybe could talk about this. Somebody told me like, if, if the Nittany Lion wrestling club was its own team, they would have placed like fourth. (laughs) Somebody told me that. It would have been because they had Bexod got bronze. So they had Gilman, they had Gilman, Taylor, Snyder and Bexod. So four Olympic medals. D's, I'd say it's all right. <laughs> if you're into yeah. the Olympics, yeah, it's it's a it's a great performance for sure. Um, okay, so that's a little team talk. Trying to hit uh, hit all the all the high notes for Shane since uh, it's it's a rare occasion to have him on. Um, let's talk a little world team trials. Okay, they're going down September 11th and 12th, Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, have you seen some of these weight classes? Have you, is there any particular weight you've got your eye on? Man, I, so, I mean, correct me if I'm, I mean, Jaden Cox coming back, right? Yes. Huge. Okay. I mean, that's the one. So him and I'd be lying if I said I knew all the little rules on how you, if you got a medal, then you get to do this and Uh that sometimes to me, it gets like a little complicated, but would we see then again? I mean, then that we could see Cox and Snyder. No, so Snyder is on the team automatically at ninety-seven. So okay, Jaden, he's Jaden, so Jaden's going okay. ninety-two. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's the match I want to watch. Yeah, <laughs> Snyder and Cox, watch. obviously. Yeah, you're. Yeah, so he gets the medal, so he's on the team. So every, correct me if I'm wrong. Everybody that was on the Olympics is uh, uh, anybody that met all the freestyle team is in except Gables, the only guy that's not going to wrestle. Correct. 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 Yeah. And those those um, spots are not contested. Yeah. I mean, they're all I mean, they're all they're all real good weights. I mean, yeah. but I, I wouldn't say there's any I mean, they're all 
you know, a lot of good guys. I, I think it just sets up well for the United States. I mean, they should have a stacked team and, uh, you know, maybe they can maybe they can do better than what they did at the Olympics. Even I think we're beating Russia at the at the at Worlds in in Oslo. I really do. I think it's going to happen. Um, I think we talked about. I mean, Sajulai is supposedly coming back. I mean, is everybody coming back for Russia too? Or they haven't said yet. They haven't said. Um, rumor mill is like, hey, some of them are still you know living the doing the victory tour kind of thing. Okay, uh, but. I think when they, I think when they see our team, they're gonna be like, okay, we're they are not gonna want to lose to America at, at this. Yeah, so, yeah. I think. Are, are you guys going to that? Yeah, I just booked yeah, my be, book my ticket today. That'll be a lot of fun. That'll Heck be yeah. a, that'll be a ton of fun. Can't wait for that. Um, so a lot of people are are really excited about Burroughs versus the field at seventy nine kilograms. It's Burroughs, Ringer, Imar, Nolf, Starachi, McFadden, Wick, Heidley, all at the same bracket, 79. And Burroughs is not sitting out to nothing. He's got to do the whole thing. Yeah. Yep. All right. How do you uh, How do you like his chances? Where are you guys I, at? I love him. I think he's going to win. I think he's going to win Worlds. Yeah. He's the king. He's, uh, he, he is. is. I, I was, so I was thinking, when I when I heard you were going to be on, I was thinking about our, our Gable Steveson discussion and and the GOAT discussion, and the best wrestlers in American history. Maybe go, so talk a little bit about, um, maybe catch people up a little bit on that, your Gable Stevenson take, your perspective on, on him. And then that may spiral into a Jordan Burroughs take I have. Well, I am I'm fired up. It's going to be presented by Defense Soap, late October, early November, Flow Film. And the, the Flow Films are... I think it's the best thing going. I've always thought that when I know a flow film is coming out, I am, I get it right when it comes out. So hundred greatest wrestlers, that's going to be a, a 10 part series. I believe mm-hmm. I, I can't wait for that. So this started back on big 10. We would break down some weight classes, top five guys in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And we never recorded heavyweight, but we had conversations on heavyweights. And to me, if you look at the Big Ten, the last 10 years, the best, and this is back in January, by the way, when Gable Stevenson had not won an NCAA title, the best heavyweight, in my opinion, Big Ten, the last 10 years is Gable Stevenson. Most guys, I would argue, with the other nine weight classes, going to be very, you know, tons of accolades, very credentialed, you know, multiple-time Big Ten champion, multiple-time national champion. That's Most of those guys all had those accolades attached to their name. Gable Stevenson at this point had won a Big Ten title. And I'm like, he's number one. And I got some pushback. They're like, but I go, Kyle Snyder be number two to me. But Gable Stevenson's number one. And I had people telling me, like, you're nuts. I'm like, I am digging in on this one. So now, you know, whether it's, you know, running into Christian, Andy Hamilton, Kyle Klingman, Mark Bader, uh, Mike Mal, and I, we were discussing this. Gable Stevenson, if, if you looked at a, 100, the, the way that I, and you can you, you kind of make up your own things in your mind and how, right. what you want the criteria to be. But to me, the 100 greatest wrestlers are take guys in their prime and where would they be? And a big reason for this, guys, is time. Like things evolve. Look at what technology, look at what flow wrestling has done to change the game. The, the last 10 years in, in wrestling, it's a game changer. Technology's huge. These guys can study technique. The training opportunities are night and day from what they were 20 years ago. Like 
you're, you're just, the, the wrestling today is better than it was 20 years ago. It's, it's not a knock on anybody from 20 years ago. It's just, it is what it is. So I have Gable Steveson anywhere, you know, probably eight to 10. He's going to be eight to 10. I mean, so- it, and the other thing is this, if you took, if you had a, if you had a draft of all the American wrestlers, like in their prime, and you had a, a, a draft, Gable Steveson is going to be a top 10 pick. So Gable Steveson's going top 10. I mean, he's 20, he turned 21 on May 31st, 21. And he goes out there and ragdolls a ghoul, ragdolled him. Hey, yeah. if, if you would have told Gable Steveson, like, you got to beat him by 10 to win, he'd have beat him by 10. For I sure. Believe. For sure. I mean, ragdolled him. He, he was so up 8 0 with two minutes left. He's just like, all right, crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And, and Petrushvili, yeah, he, he, you know, gave up that one position, gets gutted a couple times. But to do what he did, not to mention, you know, he wins an NCAA title against Mason Paris, who's a junior world champ, extremely good. I just, I look at Gable Steveson, the combination of his, obviously, size, power, speed, technique. Come on. I mean, I just, I mean, he got me nervous there. I, I would have had, because I don't, I don't go all in on many guys. I mean, it's just so dangerous. Yeah. I went all in on Gable Steveson probably, you know, more than I've ever gone all in on a particular athlete on social media. I would have had egg all over my face if he not won, but he found a way to get it done. And I'll take Gable Steveson right now against any other American heavyweight at any other time. And there've been some great ones. I mean, Stephen Neal comes to mind. I mean, that's the next guy. I mean, that's the match. Neil in his prime, Gable in his prime. That match, I I pay to see. I mean, if I go back in the time time warp or whatever, that might be number one on my list. But yeah, I'm a big I'm a big Gable Stevenson fan, and I think he's all time. Even if he never wrestles again, I think he's in that eight to ten range. Yeah. So it's an interesting interesting perspective because. Well, one regarding your your Gable take, I think we we were definitely together on that. He's that uh, one of the main pillars of the last like three or four years is I just picked Gable Stevens to win any tournament. I thought he'd win NCAs as a true freshman. I thought he'd make the team. I thought he'd beat Quiz. I thought he'd win Worlds. I thought so. It was it was a kind of you know the Kassar thing and then you know Quiz, but eventually the the town. I think what everyone saw came to fruition at the at the world at NCAs. We we knew actually we really knew coming into this year when he won at Beat the Streets, which I know it's like it was like oh my gosh, like he has ascended beyond even. And then NCAs was just like completely different thing. His entire NCAA season is like oh my gosh. And then at trials we were like, then that's when everyone was like he's winning the Olympics, and it's like it wasn't just American hype. It was like it was a real real actual reality. But your perspective on. Where does Gable fit in the all-time, all-time argument? It's it's an interesting thing, and the GOAT argument happens in, in all sports, right? And it, sometimes it boils down to just math, just people adding. Okay, six is more than five, is more than one, and that's just it. And if you want to just add up titles, well, anyway, just everyone has calculators on their phones, and you can just do that. But there's somewhere in there, there is something to be said for it, and I'm kind of with you that height of their powers, best of the best, where, where do they stack up? That's an, That, to me, is an interesting argument. So I think for our top 100, you're going to see, because we can't say 
We've watched Jordan and Dake and Gable, and we've been able to watch and observe their entire careers in a way we weren't able to watch guys in the 80s and 90s and even the, the 2000 mm-hmm. through 2010, right? And some of these guys go back to the 50s, 60s, 70s. So you do have to have um, uh, to, to be <clears throat> fair and pro- likely accurate. You have to factor in that, okay, the accumulation of World Olympic NCAA titles, that has to be factored in. But I think for a separate discussion, yeah, I think Gable, I don't think it is audacious to to say, hey, Gable Stevenson could be one of the, the eight to ten greatest American wrestlers we've ever seen. It's yep. GOAT versus BOAT. Greatest of all time versus best of all time. Because, like, best of all time is completely, like, arbitrary, basically. Yeah. You know, there's no way... Like, with the GOAT argument, you have to bring some math into it so you have data. Otherwise, it's just, well, who who do you think? Who do you think? Who do you think? Right. It's like, no, we have a little bit of data to say that this guy was better than this guy. And he may not be at the top of the list. He's going to be close, obviously. <clears throat> but I've never seen a better wrestler than Jordan Burroughs in my life. At a height of his powers, 11 through 13-ish, I've never seen anything like it. And... I don't have all and, – and to do that against six and seven weights instead of ten weights to, to win your first 69 matches, that is that is an incredible accomplishment. I've never seen anyone at that level. But he what Jordan has going for him is potentially you know the, the ex, this extra quad and what he's going to be able to accumulate and add to that. And that's why in the John versus Jordan argument, which is eventually going to happen and ramp up, especially once Jordan finally retires – it's going to be interesting to see how how people six for six versus Jordan could be looking at more titles, but he never did it six consecutively. And John has even said, we'll never see that again. And I think he's right. I don't think we'll ever see six World and Olympic titles in a row again. I mean, even even Sajulayev doesn't have that. We'll see if he gets it. He could get it. That's yeah. still in. That's still a possibility for for Sajulayev. But will we ever see it again? I'm I'm not so sure. But I do think it's an interesting argument. The height of their powers, best of the best, their, their wrestling ability that they reach, their skill level and competitive um, acumen versus the overall career accumulation is is a really interesting one. Yeah, I mean it, it's fun to talk about because I mean they're different. I mean, and that's like I said before, based on whatever criteria you want to you come up with, they're they're definitely two different conversations. But I I can tell you this. I mean Jordan Burroughs. If somebody said you got to argue Jordan Burroughs is the goat, I'll take that argument, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, you you could you could you could definitely uh, put put together a great uh, a debate in in trying to solidify that point because I'm with you. I mean, Jordan Burroughs to me, man, it, yeah, I I don't have many words to describe what he's done. And you look at Burroughs too, and I I think this matters. Uh, you know, just what he's done for the sport. I mean, I, I, I think that counts. It, that means something. I'm not saying it means everything, but it means something. USA Wrestling at that point was, I mean, it was, an, it was not good. No. And Burroughs, you know, comes out, and I mentioned before, just so charismatic, and everybody loves him. And I, Burroughs is, I, for me, covering, you know, sports for 20, 25 years, he's the, and there have been some great, great people that, that I've had the, you know, the, the privilege to, uh, to do stuff with, but Jordan Burroughs is, he's number one. I mean, I, I think, I hope I'm wrong because you always want to keep, you know, meeting great people, but I might be 80 years old and somebody says, all right. And 60 years of wrestling. Who's, who's the one guy that was the, 
You know, like who's your favorite guy at the, I think it's going to be Burroughs. He's just such an awesome, he's just an awesome human being. Yeah. No, his perspective, no, yeah. his perspective, man. Fantastic. He's, he's incredible. We're, I mean, the, the state of wrestling today owes a lot to, especially in America, owes a lot to Jordan. Yeah. He, yes. he kind of went, it's weird to say he went first, but he got it started. He, he got the momentum. He got the ball rolling in the right direction. And, um, he carried the flag when, when it was kind of, it was, it was, man, 2010 worlds. I don't even want to think about it. 2009 worlds. Oh my gosh. Those, yeah. those were some dark. It's just like, we are, t- are we this bad? How are we? we weren't this bad, but w- our performances were just so bad. And then he kind of got it rolling and then Varner wins the Olympics too. And then it, you know, by 16, it was, that wasn't the best performance, but you knew we were, we were coming and then 17, we win and we have all these guys. And then we got Kyle and we've got all these other great wrestlers. And now, you know, we're, we're, we're just like an undisputed superpower in wrestling. And it's not like we're a team. You think you have, you have a college team. Think of like uh Cornell in 2011. It's like, all the things aligned. You had all these awesome wrestlers, and they're in position to win. But you knew, like, you know, Mac and Simez and Bo, Bozak and Dake, they're eventually going to be gone. And it's like, you don't always just have those kind of runs. Whereas, like, Iowa and Penn State, like, every year, you just know they're going to be in the mix to win a, a national title. And um, I feel like America is there now, where, you know, if we don't, if, if even David Taylor, if David Taylor retires and we have a different 86, we're going to place. Sure, I mean, we were sure. – Andy, Andy and I on press row were like, how many Americans could medal? Not win the Olympics, but have medaled at the, at the Olympics. And we came up with a, a, a rather large list. And I don't think that's – I think at 97, we're in, we're in a similar boat um, with, with Jaden, obviously. But I think Colin Moore is sure. a guy that could medal. Heavyweight, Mason Paris, a junior world champ. Kirk Fleet beat him. Okay, Gwiz is a two-time medalist. All right, 57, we were, me, me, Christian Piles said, Gilman's not, Gilman is not on this level anymore. He is just, look how he, he can't finish matches. He's having all these problems. He's freaking bronze, and he's, he's a whisker away from being the Olympic champion, right? And we've got a list of guys that we all, that have and can compete with Gilman, right? 65, we're going to get there, obviously. 74, you know, we had one of the greatest wrestlers of all time was second at this weight. So the depth we have, what we're what we're what we're doing right now, it's um, it, it's really impressive, man. Never been a better time to be an American wrestling fan. Never a better time to be a wrestling fan. It's truly, it's a golden age. I say it's a golden age in wrestling, but also I know that the next ten years are going to be better too. So it's like exactly it, that's exactly. the thing about a, a golden age ends, but like we're gonna get better at wrestling. Americans get better. The media coverage is gonna get better and platinum improve. Age. We're gonna have a platinum age, <laughs> a diamond medallion yeah. age. Yeah, it's it's exciting because it's it's. I mean, the system they have in place right now obviously has proven itself. Super had it happy for uh, Coach Zadik. He's one of the best guys you'll ever meet. And Rich yeah. Bender, the, the job they've done Terry at Steiner. USC wrestling, it's. It's awesome, and you're and you're right because right now it'd be an easy time to be like, oh man, it's going to be hard hard to get, and it, it is going to be tough to. I mean, these these results were fantastic. Any way you slice it, that's that's really tough to to duplicate. But yeah, I mean, there's plenty of reasons to be like, yeah, this is this train is not stopping, and they 
you know, these, these kids are getting better and better and better and better. It's, it's incredible to me how, I mean, at the college level or, you know, you get these kids. I mean, how old is Bo Bassett? He's going to be like a freshman in high school. He's nine. He's nine. He's nine years old. (laughs) I mean, these guys are, these guys are ready. Age is not a, an excuse to not, you know, to fail. It's like you got the opportunity you know, you're a freshman in high school, you can win state titles. You're a freshman in college, you can win national titles. You are 18 years old, you can, you know, win a world title or an Olympic title. It is the talent level. And that, that kind of it goes back to what I said before, just with, with the wrestling today, things have, things are night and day compared to what they were even, I think, 10 years ago. And this stuff just rapidly, the improvements are all over the place. Yes. No, and no how question. about, I, I want to say this too. How about those, the Blade sisters? Oh my gosh. Like, holy smokes. Blades of glory. That was, I mean, the, that, that junior, I mean, the, the women's is like, I mean, I mean, that, that trajectory is like, like a mountain at the Tour de France. I mean, it is like this. And I, I was so impressed. And you never want to put too much pressure because it's hard to sustain these things. You never want it. It's like, oh, they're going to win the next, Five, like it just doesn't work like that. It's so difficult. But I really enjoyed watching that junior, you know, the junior women's freestyle team and the job they did. And you know, man, just go back to the leadership again. Terry Steiner, he's he's as good as it gets. He's yeah. as good as it gets. I mean, uh, we won cadet and junior worlds on the women's side. The, we had only ever had one junior world champ before, um, and this year we had four. Like, I mean, how can you, here's my, my, that's insane. How can, and I, I don't know the, how this stuff works, but is there anything that is more obvious than colleges having women's wrestling? It's happening. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, how can, I, I just don't understand like how all these, I mean, are people paying attention? Like th- this, th- this would be a, a, just awesome. I, I'm just, I, I can't believe these things aren't popping up all over the place. And I know there's more that goes into it, but I mean, and then if then I would say this: if you're like the first one, if you're one of the first people to get on board, and you get that inside track, man, you could be riding away for a while. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the bigger programs have, have you know mentioned they're going to be in, and I think it's only a matter of time before it's a NCAA Division One sport. So there's yeah. a lot. It, it's going to happen, and that's going to really that's going to accelerate things too. In high schools, I mean, if you are a governing body, if you are a governing body of a state and you do not have sanctioned girls wrestling, you ought to be, and I'm not saying this because I'm a wrestling guy, just look around. I mean, you see what's going on right now? You ought to be fired. That's what you're there. I mean, you you ought to be, if you are a governing body that's not sanctioned girls high school wrestling, you should be out of a job. And that's not any crazy talk. That's like, come on, figure it out. Figure it out. Throw them in jail. That's what I say. Lock them up. <laughs> citizens arrest. Yeah, we'll we'll sit at Shane Sparks. We'll citizens arrest all of you. Texas, we're we're like the number one for women's uh, women's wrestling participation. Yeah, Texas has always you know has been good for a long time. Yeah, so we're uh, definitely better on the women's side than the men's side. But we got a, you know a couple studs, a couple hammers coming coming out of there. Jack Skalarczyk putting it on for the five one two wrestling at, at oh, UNI. Nickel, baby. Bo Nickel. AJ Bo, Ferrari. I'm not familiar with them. I've heard De- of them. Definitely no Jack Skalarczyk, though. Brandon Slade. Um, still still drawing a blank. All right, next question, which is the first question. 
from C.J. Kemp. A rookie running back for Jacksonville is going to miss this upcoming season due to a Liz Frank injury. Since Gimlin was able to power through for an Olympic medal, does that further prove that wrestling is the toughest sport on the planet? Yes, CJ. I think I think there's no there's no debate. These guys are are tougher. And the interesting thing about and I think we mentioned it with with Gilman's injury. We thought and with, when it came out, we thought he got injured in the second match, but it was actually the first match when he was down big and he grinded that one out. And then you just got to be able to really compartmentalize things well to be able to wrestle with with that. I mean, he thought his foot was broken. And uh, as Kiel Sanderson said, so what? Um, but yeah, tough, tough guy. I mean, I don't know if you can actually be a running back with a with a Liz Frank injury <laughs> in, the it, NFL, in the NFL. There like, are four hundred pound men tackling you and landing on you, not one hundred and twenty five pound men. It's, it's, it's a easy, little different. It's easy to go hardo mode, like sometimes, like. Um, and remember that individual sport versus team sport versus sport, where you get paid a lot of money and you very much need to have a long career. Versus um, the shot for Olympic glory, which happens once every three or four years. Right. And re- yeah. And it's like if you're a running back, it's like the whole point is you get the ball and you get hit a bunch. So whereas maybe in wrestling you can <laughs> – I don't know. I don't know. Um, but the, the broader point is that what, what these wrestlers have to go through to, to get themselves ready is, is insane. And the injuries they wrestle – I mean look at what Spencer did. No ACLs. I mean the stories go on and on. Jordan Burroughs broken ankle. Um <clears throat> Thomas Gilman, Liz Frank, on and on and on. They're just next-level mental, physical toughness. Yes. Okay. It's my next. favorite quote from Jordan Burroughs. Uh, I believe he got beat. The, the year that he had the ankle issue, that he got beat by Sargouche, correct? Yeah, it was, well, mm-hmm. it was knee, knee injury there in 14, broken ankle in 13. And, yeah, 14, Sargouche beat him. That was There was an interview in the mix zone once, and it was – I'll never forget it. Jordan Burroughs, somebody's like, well, you know, your, your ankle or knee, whatever. And Jordan Burroughs like stops him mid sentences. No, no, no. Being healthy is part of being great. It was one of the, it's my, one of my top five favorite quotes because it's so these guys at this level, they, I'm always fascinated by what makes the great ones great. And uh, number one on that list, you alluded to it with, with Kale Sanders. I'm like, who cares? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Figure it out. It's the circumstances of the day, and it's all part of it. Like, they, they don't allow – those guys never allow any excuses to even – they don't allow an excuse to come within 20 feet of their mind. Yeah, they're for wusses. They are for wusses. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to see how that all plays out. I, I, I don't quite get the whole – I mean, I, I haven't heard – I mean, I'm assuming, I mean, no I it's weird, yeah. any, any surgeries or anything like that. I mean, he's just <laughs> going to keep going. I don't, I don't, whatever. It's, I'm just curious to see how that all kind of plays out. What, what how they're going to handle that. Yeah. I think, um, we need to get our doctor back. Basically, on. Yeah. We had the, we have the doctor. Uh, so basically the, the way it was explained by that guy and what I've come to understand is if you can strengthen around it well enough, you can, and you're an ACL coper, I think is what they're called. You can you can do what Spencer did because Spencer he did the whole last two seasons with with the one ACL missing and he just built the strength around it and then against Schroeder at Big Tens he retore the ACL he tore 
his senior year, the DeSanto in, uh, PIAA okay. year when he was when he was hurt and not able to train and still went to the states. So if he got that knee fixed, because the one knee is fine, the one that doesn't have the ACL, that one is like strong and good and not not a problem. It's the other one that got retore. That is not like a six month thing. That is a full year out thing. So. They're they're gonna try to strengthen around it and and see what they can do. He's been back on the mat, you know. I don't know if he's going live or anything, but he's been back and training and doing stuff for some time now. So I, man, it doesn't make sense in my like mortal brain, like. Sure. But like these guys are just they they're able. To, Spencer Lee it, built different. That's the thing. That's <laughs> yeah, the thing. Spencer Lee built it. That's exactly it. And this that's the other thing about um, you know, when we think about injuries and recovery times and whatever it's like now these guys are special athletes but that that also translates to their ability to recover that's how jordan can be far and away the best 74 kilogram 28 days after breaking his ankle right like you you're just special in in different ways your body's able to recover in a special way so uh, there's something about that sort of freak status these guys have that that enables them to to heal and recover and Listen, we were a lot of people were not only penciling Spencer for the the NCA and the Hodge. People were penciling him, and after seeing what he did at senior nationals, we're like this dude's going to make the team, right? This dude could win the Olympics. So, you know, if he if gets himself right again, we'll we'll see. And obviously, he's not going to try to make the team this year in 2021. But um, if he can get it back and healthy, it'll be it'll be interesting uh, for 57 long term. Okay, from Stringer's burner phone, what's the fastest mile you could run in top shape? How fast could you run a mile now? Everyone answers. Shane, you look like you're still in pretty good shape, but what's your fastest mile ever? This is an important question. Yeah, fastest mile ever was probably, because I'm not a good runner. So um, fastest mile ever for me is probably six and a half minutes. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, bet, I bet JD's got his beat. JD, oh, yeah. I don't time my miles that often. I do remember timing it once in high school and ran like a five minute one. So I ran track in high school. Uh, oh, did you really? Uh, unsuccessfully, uh, but I did it. Um, and my fastest was like in the five thirteen range. Man, that's not good though. If it's if it's, if you're if that's your goal, that's not. I mean, if you want to be fast. You're not you're not winning nothing with a five thirteen, uh, even in the freaking Shenandoah Valley. Um, you gotta yeah, but, be, man. I'm not sniffing. I mean, I was never sniffing a six minute mile. I mean, I could yeah. run. I mean, I just had you know my hips are real bad. I mean, I can you know I bike now you know so I I mean I can do that. I, I can yeah you know, I can keep doing that for a while. But but the running to me, I mean right now, I mean I'm my I'm in decent shape. Yeah, I'm in decent shape, but. I'll bet right now the fastest mile. I mean, I I'd be surprised if I could run an eight minute mile. But I, oh, you know, but but I, but you know this, Christian. I mean, I just did a couple of weeks ago. Well, about three weeks ago, I did a two hundred twenty seven mile bike ride in one day. I mean, so I can I can. I mean, that was a thirteen hour deal. So I'm not. I, I think my 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 hips and knees are just so. God, I mean, the thought of running a mile, I I I, I would be sore for. You talk about recovery. I'd be I'd be in I'd be in rough shape for a few days. Um, 
So I would I would say Shane, I want to I want to take you up on the eight minute mile challenge. My son and I ran a, a seven fifty two. I put he's he's ten. I think I just think you would will yourself to beat my son in, in a mile race. <laughs> I'm just I'm just trying not to give my you know I'm just trying to be real honest. I mean, if somebody's like, hey, for a million dollars, can you run an eight minute mile? I maybe I could, but I I know for a fact I'm not sniffing seven minutes. And again, not, it's just, I'm a bad, I'm a bad, I've had a bunch of hip issues and stuff. I'm just a bad runner. It's just not a good, it's it's just not a good fit. We could get you there. We could get you there. I think right now I could probably run a mile in like, I think I could get under seven, maybe like 640, maybe, maybe not though. There's a chance. Maybe not JD. (laughs) I've seen him. This guy puts in work on the treadmill. <laughs> he goes hard. I'm like, dang, this guy can smoke. And he's, he's a young guy, though. He's young. Listen, we'll, we'll talk to him. Because when I was at the Flow event last month, I'm like, JD, how old are you? You're like 24, 25, right? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Oh, man. He, he goes, this guy, he's, a, he's at a concert every night. He's living La Vida <laughs> Loca, and he's still fired up the treadmill. I, I want to see JD's wheels come 36. I want to see it. if we ever do like a, some sort of race or combine test on any athletic ability, we need to do it as soon as possible. Yeah, you need, you need it now because, uh, you, you know. You're, you're and not, I'm locking in those scores, those <laughs> results forever. For perpetuity. You know who I'm else? Feeling, I am feeling old. I mean, so right now, what are you, Christian, like mid-30s? Uh, 36. So you got JD. I mean, we're all 10 years apart. Yeah. I wish I, I wish I was in JD's. You're, you're just getting started. Mid twenties. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you are living the dream, man. You are yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Um, no, no, no doubt. You know who can freaking who can roll is Mark Bader. Mm-hmm. Mark Bader. Really? This dude. Oh my gosh. He he can roll out of bed after a long night. And he'll just his six eight mile run, no problem, not slow. This dude, yeah. he's just got, he's got like these mega lungs. They're like this. I know okay. he's not tall, but that a mega lung in a not tall person. This guy, he's he's got great cardio. Okay. All right. So flow flow running live. There it is. <laughs> this is funny. I mean, two independent people asking running questions. Because Mike Patton said, what percentage of world-level foreign wrestlers can finish a 5K without walking? I'd say it's in the 50% range. No. <laughs> 50% of these guys, I don't think they could do it. They would walk. They would walk. That's another reason why I love folk-style wrestling. And I think you guys were talking about it yesterday, too. Like, the success we're having in freestyle – a lot of that is because of folk style. I mean, we're in so much better Preach shape it. than these people, especially oh, guys that just finished a college season. I mean, man, they're – yeah, you're right. I mean, some of these guys aren't in the best of shape. It's like, yeah, how, how do you get to this level not being in that great of shape? But In remotely good shape. It's like, man – Listen, I am not. In, I would. I am not a good wrestler, and I am not in great shape. But the way these guys fall down, I was like, that's probably how I would look four minutes into a match. That's that's <laughs> probably what it would look like. Now the match would be over already if I were wrestling that person. But if I was wrestling someone, that's my skill level. That's probably how tired I would look. These are like, but they're, but like, it's like they just invest so much in the on the technical piece where they're just like amazing, and then they just don't. But then I was listening. Um, one of the Bronicles, I'm sorry, I didn't know which one. I think he was on the Wrestling Changed My Life. And he was saying, after every practice, 
They do 20, 30 minutes of like extra work, whether it's pull-ups or jumping rope or taking that. So it's like they work. It's not – they certainly are working hard. There's so, I don't know what the missing ingredient is. I don't – I really can't – I can't figure it out. But there's something there. And oh, But one thing – and the one thing about it, folk style, if someone's gassing hard, it's still really, really hard to run them down. It's hard because you got to do it one point at a time, basically, unless you're if, – because if you're down big, it's probably not someone you can get on top of and turn, right? So you just got to do this, this catch and release game, and it's really, really hard. If you're gassing with 45 seconds to go and you're really, truly gassed, it's really, really tough to hang on. It's tough to hang on to a four, six-point lead because you can, you, can, you can pile up the points a lot quicker, which is one thing I actually like about freestyle, and I think these yeah. rules especially really, really help us. You know what, Christian, you just sparked something in my mind. Another thing that I've always – aren't you supposed to be gassed with 20 seconds left? I always find it's funny. It's like you're, you're watching a wrestling match. It's like so-and-so's gassed, and I'm thinking to myself – Aren't you supposed to be? One thing that always drives me nuts is you watch a wrestling match, somebody doesn't do anything for the final minutes, and they lose by one or two, and then they go sprinting off the mat. It's like, are, what, what are you doing? Like, what, what, Name names. You, if you play it right, you should barely – like, I'll give you my favorite story. Guy. You got time for a quick one-minute little deal? Oh, here? yeah. We got time. Here was the one – this – of all the wrestling stories, this is the one that I will never quite get. Okay. 2015 world championships. And you know what? You guys know these guys' names, but 2015 world championships, the heavyweight from Russia, he did both styles, correct? Walk off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he, he, did he meddle in freestyle? I think he did. Okay. So he meddles in freestyle and then he's wrestling Robbie Smith. Mm-hmm. For a bronze medal in Greco, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. And he beats Robbie Smith. But the whole talk is how Robbie Smith broke the Russian. Right? And, and, right? Remember this, this stuff? Yeah, because yeah, I remember it vividly. Like, what are you talking about? I've never understood. The, the Russian scored more points. Did he, did he break? Maybe he did. I would I would argue that that Russian played that week perfect. He medals in both styles. You broke him, which hey, great. But I've always thought it was just kind of like so backwards. Like, like the Russian broke. Yeah, who cares? He won the match. You're so if you play it right. Correct me if I'm wrong. When you get to the finish line, you should break and fall through it. Right? Yeah. Well, I think you're supposed um, to be gas. You're supposed to be gassed late in matches. That means you exerted all your energy. Yeah, I don't even. Th- I I think broke would not even be the terminology. Maybe he did break. break. I mean, he. I mean, it's not a make him more tired contest, right? So I mean, that's yeah. He was maybe more tired and fatigued, but that yeah, I I agree with you completely. And and I remember, and I'm 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 maybe, hey Robbie Smith, I I applaud his effort, but it, I just remember being there thinking like, am I missing something? Like everybody's so fired up, and I'm like yeah. at the end of the day, like. You lot like the, the Russian scored more points. Like that's yeah. that's the that's the objective. I don't who cares who cares how tired you are. Score the points and win the match. Yeah, there was a bad leg foul in there. I do remember that. Um, 
But yeah, no, no doubt. That's that was. So when you lose a wrestling match, guys, it's bad optics to grab your stuff and go sprinting out of the arena. Don't do it, guys. Yeah. Don't do it. One other thing in the in the vein of what you're talking about is I've done interviews with I think I've I remember vividly David and I think Jordan Taylor and Burroughs talking about like. Dude, we're everyone's tired at the end of matches. Like I'm tired too. It's just like, yeah, okay. So you just keep going. Yeah, right? Taylor talked about it in his post match interview about the Azdani match that he was extremely tired. Yeah, yeah, the, I, I saw he that. He wrestles and practices and gets tired during practice, and then goes and then drills when he's exhausted. Yes, yeah, and that that's exactly what it looked like. It looked like, yeah, it was it was perfect. It was amazing. Yeah, that was a great match, man. Oh my gosh. Legendary it's, for Taylor. Yeah, and I like that man, it's you can't forget how epic that match was. Uh I mean, the Gable thing puts it in and it should not put it in a different light. Just I mean, these guys it. beat some some greats to get it done. I mean, and that and that matters, right? I mean, when you talk about these and it's all fun to talk about, you know, greatest wrestlers, the goats, blah 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 blah. It, I mean, all that stuff factors into these kind of debates. I mean, the fact yes. that he beat Yazdani the way that he did, that's different than beating, you know, somebody else. Yeah. And, and that's where, that's where, I mean, let me ask you this, guys. For, for Gable Stevenson, if, if he wins that gold medal match 10-0, his legend isn't as high as it is right now, is it? Maybe not. I mean, I don't think it gets the, uh, the mainstream. Everyone can I kind of identify with a buzzer beater everyone knows what that is every mom every kid every dad that doesn't know wrestling knows oh my gosh he scored with 0.2 left so like that is something that you know i think the main mainstream media really ran with and and for obvious reasons and plus his age and everything so yeah i i think you're right if he's just a 21 year old that texts his way through which if you go back and rescore that match it's really close to a tech fall it's like if they score that four on the edge, which he should have had. Chris, the... Christian, Christian, come on, time out. Yeah, are you trying to tell me right now that freestyle rules aren't like the easiest thing ever? Freestyle rules confusing? No, folk style is the one with the rules that are so horrible. Freestyle's rules, Christian, are the best. Come on, uh... every everybody knows freestyle rules because it's just perfect. Oh my gosh! Yeah, well, I don't talk like that for uh, the record. Yeah, I think there's there's some big holes in freestyle uh, rules, just like there are in folk style. They both have their blemishes. They both have some uh, wonderful aspects. But it, some there's a difference, though. I, I would say with the folk style edge rules is just a badly written rule that is so ambiguous that the best officials cannot interpret it. Okay, whereas the edge call with Gable is a an official who afterwards admitted I just I blew my whistle too early there. That was a that was a that was a mistake, and he cost him four yeah. points. That's just a, that's just the thing that that happens. Um, but yes, there's there's certainly wrestling is a difficult sport to officiate for sure. Um, dare to dream it could be better, but yes, Gable could have could have tech followed him, and I do think you're right that. Um, there was another point in that match where they stopped it a little early. Yes. I thought when well, he at was the about end, to score. Right? I mean, at the end, I mean, if your pitcher's oh, feeling, you're probably thinking, you give up the takedown. They'll, I mean, he's got to work parterre for some yeah, time. Was, I mean, they brought him up right away. I mean, that's not that – hey, I'm glad it, it is what it is. But they, they should get rid of that rule, though, that you have to, to force a guy to try to turn. Yeah. 
Because why have yeah. fake? Because half the time, actually, probably more than half the time, you guys get takedowns. They just they just hang, right? They're not trying yeah. for a yep. guy. So it's like don't don't waste eight seconds of a match when it could be yeah. put back up. You should be able to just go like you know. And I, I mean, I, I'm with you on that. And I would, I would expect, I mean, that's a real easy, Hey, you take somebody down, you can bring them right back up. And I, and that would be awesome. I mean, that would, again, just create more action, create more scoring urgency. That'd be, that'd be really good. Yes. Well, Shane, we went two minutes into overtime. There is no overtime in freestyle wrestling. That's one of the best parts of freestyle, but we went into the two minutes of sudden victory in honor of Mr. Folkstyle, Shane Sparks himself. Thank you so much for coming on, Shane. This was a lot of fun. We will have you on yeah, again, Yeah, thanks hopefully. for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Heck, heck yeah, brother. We'll be back next Tuesday. Ben will be back. I'll be back. JD will probably be at a musical festival, but he will always he always makes it the next morning. I, right. I get up, you know, nice and early in the morning. I get in my story. Who did JD see last night? Was it Joe Rogan? Was it Gary Clark? Was it some band I never heard of? He's always there. <laughs> Mr. Music Man, JD Raider. Thank you guys so much. Thanks to Tyler in the back for producing the heck out of the show. Have a great weekend. Great time to be a wrestling fan. Bye. <laughs>